Hello, this is the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast, and I'm your host, Jill Weber. Well, I'm here with Aisha Reventar, <laughs> who is the director of the Toronto House of Prayer in Toronto, Canada. Um, I just asked her before the interview, I was like, how long have we known each other? <laughs> 12 years. 12 years. So, so Aisha, talk to us about the House of Prayer, what you do there, what life is like for you. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's been 12 years uh, coming up soon. And uh, 12 years ago, my best friend and I, Zion Gopi Singh, we started the Toronto House of Prayer. At the time, it wasn't actually called the Toronto House of Prayer, just a house of prayer. We were two young girls who felt the call of the Lord to create space for our generation to encounter God. And we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and in that beginning year, we met you, and you helped the mother us through building a house of prayer. And, you know, so we started, I think, just mornings, like 6 a.m. to 12 seeking the Lord, trying to learn intercession, taking our harp and bowl manual from <laughs> Kansas City. So what's, what's harp and bowl for people who don't know? So harp and bowl, for those who don't know, is a form or method of prayer uh, that is taken from Revelation chapter 5 that talks about in heaven they have golden bowls of incense and they have the harps. And, you know, as we know, the golden bowls of incense are the prayers of the saints. And it says that with the harps and with the prayer, they cry out and say, holy, 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 and worthy are you. And so music and prayer going hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And that happens before the throne of God. And so harp and bowl is a model of prayer that uses worship and our prayers together to sustain long hours of praying. Mm-hmm. Makes it enjoyable, right? Enjoy. I was just about to enjoyable say that. Makes enjoyable prayer. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, right. St. Augustine said that singing is praying twice. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So it's a joyful and sufficient because you're doing it twice. Yeah. yeah. You know what? <laughs> to be honest, a lot of people don't notice this, but a lot of our worship songs are formed in yeah. prayer, asking the Lord, like, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Mm. That's a prayer, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we would do that and. You know, we would learn together how to be before God, how to be in the Word. Um, really got a heart for our city and asked the Lord, what are some key things to pray before the city? City of Toronto. Yeah. yeah. And so we weren't just like a house of prayer that was inside of a church and for one church. We felt like the Lord said, pray for the city of Toronto. And so we postured ourselves differently and asked God, what are the things that are on your heart for the city of Toronto? And to this day, we still have the same mandates day after day. We pray through them. We've been praying um, faithfully, not just myself, but our team, over those same mandates from year one. So no. for 12 years. Um, just 12 years, yeah. yeah. And, you're, and so it's changed in the last year, hasn't it's it? It's changed a lot, actually, yeah. over the last four, three, four years. Yeah. So once uh, Zion, who was the co-director, uh, had to return back to her homeland of Trinidad, um, things changed a lot in terms of how do I now steward this, kind of holding the load on my shoulders and with the team that we had. And in the beginning, we had a lot of uh, young adults, people on campuses, you know, university, college campuses, in that early 
uh, stage of life doing prayer. So they had the time, they had the energy, you know, and then as people got married, they started having kids, everyone's life began to change and slow down and our prayer room dynamic changed completely mm-hmm. to not having like a lot of full-time staff. Now we just have a lot of part-timers and, um, it just looked like the community dynamic just began to change. And so it was saying, okay, God, how do we still continue doing 24-7 prayer in our city? Um, and what? how are you doing it now? How are you building it now? And for me, that was hard, <laughs> learning um, to humble myself and, and, and realize that I don't have the blueprint on how to build 24-hour prayer uh, in our city and had to learn a new way. And also, too, had to learn... Uh, that I needed help from the body of Christ and different age groups, different people backgrounds, different uh, Christian backgrounds have come and now have helped uh, steward 24-7 prayer in our city. And now we don't build just one little place of prayer. So it's like not one location, one site. Not one location, not one site. That's how we did it for the first seven, eight years, Mm -hmm. and then the Lord, seven, yeah, nine years, I would say, and then the Lord began to speak about the corners of the city, and Toronto's pretty big, it's a huge city, it's one of the major cities in the world, and, you know, you can't visit the east of Toronto and think that you've seen it all, it's the east, north, south, west, they all look pretty different, and so, um, because the city's so big, too, I remember we used to actually have people from the west who would come um, over to the east to pray and they'd always be like you know it's easy for you guys to get up at 6 a.m and be here but we have to travel like so far and there's traffic and you know so for depending on where you were in the city it was you know harder to get to and so um after seeking the lord and uh you know trying something new with uh, other people in the body of christ we decided to plant toronto north south east and west and we tried it for one week and we had um, people from like another house of prayer on the other side of our city joined in. Uh, we had mothers and fathers, of, like Indonesians praying, you know, uh, midnight to 6 a.m. for us. And then we had a whole other house of prayer from another province come in. And we all steward the four corners. Toronto East was 6 a.m. To, to 12 noon. Toronto West was 12 noon to 6 p.m. The south was 6 p.m. to midnight, and the north was midnight to 6 a.m. And we just fell into a grace of prayer, of 24-7 prayer that I've never felt before in all the years of doing House of Prayer. And after praying into it and, and really saying, God, is this you? We really felt like it was him. And so after that, we actually looked into how do we permanently plant the four corners. We were all carrying the load together. And... And doing prayer actually really different. All the corners looked very different. Um, some of us did harp and bowl, some of us didn't. Some had one musician just singing for that time. Other ones had just two people praying, you know, like yeah. in the night. <laughs> no worship team, 2 a.m. in the morning, faithfully praying. And so we learned that there's a mosaic of prayer. And prayer is just not one form. It looked it looked very different. It was well. Paul talks about all kinds of prayer. all. Yeah, yeah, he says pray with all kinds of prayers. And so we learned that there was more of the prayer movement than we knew, and that we needed the body of Christ to build twenty four seven in our city. And yeah. so yeah, 
Okay, there we go. Trauma House of Prayer. So why the order of the mustard seed? What was the draw for you? Why, you know, you're right now, you're not actually a member of the order, but you're a candidate in preparation. So you're sort of two-thirds of the way through our year of preparation. Um, So talk to us, what what was the appeal to you? (laughs) To be honest, um, I remember hearing, actually, you speak on Kent Zinzendorf. Uh, I think you were speaking to a room full of students at a Bible college. Oh, yeah, You yeah, remember yeah. that, yeah. And they were all, like, really smart people in the room. <laughs> well, it was a doctorate class, and they wanted yeah. to hear about... It was an interesting class. So what they wanted was to hear how the spiritual formation, how mm. Zinzendorf actually shaped and formed an entire community yep. to be a gospel, Christ-centered gospel, yep. explosive, catalytic community. That's um, right. And what were the elements... So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so I remember at break time, because the room was really quiet and you're talking, I remember at break time running out, dialing one of my friends on the phone and just started screaming like, this is God! (laughs) (laughs) You know, Cat Sansendorf and, you know, the Moravians, the Order of the Mustard. I'm just like yelling into her phone because it was so quiet, but as you were speaking on the inside of me, I was just saying like, yes, 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 yes. And I think... I heard you speak on that just at the right time because the Lord had begun to speak to our house of prayer. We used to have a, um, in our community, we used to do something called Love Feast. So once a month on a Monday, uh, the first Monday of the month, everyone would bring food and we would have a moment of worship. So we called it like Love Feast in terms of let's love on God and then let's love on each other. And so we all brought food, we would sit together and eat and then the Lord began to speak to us from Luke where it says well when you hold a feast don't invite your friends and you know your family members and those who can pay you back like invite the ones that you know basically are marginalized of society you know what I mean the ones who can't pay you back can't pay you back or they might be sick or they might be wounded or and you're thinking how are you going to do that like we were in a cushy little Christian college. That's where the house of prayer used to be. You know, no unbeliever would just walk into that place. It was a big, tall building. It, you know, it was hidden. and So it just wasn't accessible to the general public? And, not at all. Yeah. But the Lord's speaking to us about the community and the people around us in our city. And we're thinking, how does this work? And so it was weird. We were in this place of prayer. But God is speaking to us about what is on his heart, which was the lost and souls. And I was thinking, how do those two things work? And so hearing about the Order of the Mustard Seed and Count Zinzendorf and what they did and how it ended up fueling them to go, it brought mobilization to spread the gospel. Yeah. I was like, wow, God, like this, these are, this is an answer to prayer to hear about uh, 24-7 prayer, basically, that birthed. You know, like in that place of prayer, these ones were grabbing onto the heart of the one they were praying to and encountering that heart. And that heart was changing them and therefore changed the world, basically. Mm -hmm. And so hearing about it, I was like, this is this is my DNA. You know, this is this is the core of being a Christian, basically loving the Lord with all your heart, love your neighbors, yourself and, you know, go into all the world, right? And hearing it summed up in true to Christ, kind to others, and gospel to the nations, I was like, ding, 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 this is for me. So just hearing about it, it felt like 
it actually was designed for somebody like me. Yeah. And I think that's when uh, we started to have some conversation about what it was. And I'm like, what's that ring on your finger? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What does it even say? And, you know, that sort of thing. We talked about it and we talked about the year of preparation. I was thinking, okay, well, this is good because as a house of prayer director, I think that it's out, like it is my responsibility to make sure I'm always learning prayer. You can never come to the place where you you're the go-to and you're the the it person on prayer. It's like 12 years in and I'm still saying teach me how to pray, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I felt like it is also my responsibility to make sure I'm always learning and putting myself under um that I guess just another teacher when it comes to prayer and having a disciplined life of prayer and what is the fruits of that disciplined life of prayer and so I said sign me up (laughs) so here you are you're in preparation you're coming to Belfast gonna take vows with the rest of us this fall um talk to me which of the vows or which of the practices just feels really alive to you right now in your spirit (laughs) I would say I feel like they all kind of do. I feel in the very beginning, I was like true to Christ because I, like, you know, being in the place of prayer and, you know, now I actually believe it is the gospel to the nations. Mm -hmm. That one feels super alive in me in this season. And just the practicality of it is, is alive. And I'm thinking about it, dreaming about it. I think we were talking earlier and I was saying like, you know, that Matthew 9 verse you know, about, like, Jesus just having, like, seeing the crowd, having compassion on them because he knew they were harassed, like, sheep without a shepherd, is really, has really been, uh, like, the word becoming flesh in my, in my body um, over the last bit, and, and so that, I think that area's been the most alive in my heart right now, like, God, how do I love the lost, and making room for, I think that's the big key, is actually making room for the ones that are in society don't have money and they don't it's not actually it doesn't always look the same and so in this season um <laughs> in this season it's funny because I'm laughing because I'm just thinking of uh, someone who I've met recently who lives in a in a shelter and you know giving them my phone number <laughs> and realizing that the, the kingdom is inconvenient yeah yeah yeah, and uh, it's easy to say, like, you know, uh, go and and spread the gospel. And, you know, in and, and Jesus, I see I'm having compassion on these ones, but it's like, you know, there are moments when it's inconvenient and they're calling your phone and they're asking for money or they're, you know what I mean? And or they're just saying, you know, my daughter's waking up in the middle of the night speaking to the spirits and I'm scared and I don't know what to do. Can you pray with me? And you know, being available, like that one has shifted things in me now more than before. And mm-hmm. so it's the one that's most alive right now. Yeah. That's the invitation right now. Yeah. yeah. What does it look like to go? Yeah. 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 Incarnate the presence of Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, so you're a director of a house of prayer, probably one of the more longer-running houses of prayer in, yes. in Canada. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about 
houses of prayer and, and, and how you think the order of the mustard seed can be helpful or why it's important for houses of prayer? I think that the order of the mustard seed is important for houses of prayer because I find it's, it's funny because we were talking about the whole thing about the aspect of going, but I've actually found that that is the number one um, sometimes overlooked area of intercessors that when I talk with them and they're about the soaking and they love, you know what I mean? Like just being with Jesus, but like that whole lifestyle, but sometimes they can forget that it's on to going and being Jesus where you are and amongst people. And um, so, yeah, so I find that that, like the order of the mustard seed, I explain it kind of like this anchor, right? Like I said, to you, it's an anchor where you can get off on these other things that seem important. But I find the order of the mustard seed is like, remember, like come back <laughs> and remember and it will anchor you into what this lifestyle is really about. What it is to be a priest before the Lord is really yeah, minister to the Lord. But the priest also ministered to people. You know, and I love First Peter 2, where he, it says that, you know, I love this. It just talks about how, like, we're a holy priesthood, you know, a royal nation, that whole thing. But it says that we're to proclaim the excellencies of him. And so we are called to this lifestyle, yes, to bring sacrifices to him and minister to him. And we're his chosen ones. And we're this priesthood that's set apart to the Lord for his own possession. But it says so that we can proclaim the excellencies of him and sometimes I find in the prayer movement or I shouldn't like I don't want to generalize it because I don't know every house of prayer right and I don't want to blanket everyone the the temptation could be to right yeah that's that's the temptation that's the temptation and and as I talk to different ones um and I don't know if this is a controversial thing to say but sometimes I find it's like well let's just sit and pray for the move of the Lord or the move of the Spirit to come to my city and let's just sit and pray for revival. But when you look at Jesus, his thing wasn't just come away and pray. It was come away, pray, receive power and go, right? And sometimes we miss that. We miss the the outward working of the inward movement of God in our lives, you know? And we we have a tendency to love the inward and just say, I love this, and this is good, and I love this, and, you know, we're just going to pray for revival. We're going to pray for revival, but we are the revival. We are the ones to bring the kingdom of God wherever we go. So as we're experiencing it with him and encountering the king of this kingdom, you know, we, we also receive his heart for the lost, which is whom he came to seek and save, right? Mm-hmm. And then he says, go to them. So there's a there's this movement that should be happening. And I find that the order of the mustard seed is a good reality of that, of like be true to Christ. You know what I mean? Like that's our first place of loving him and, you know, being giving ourselves self, to him. Primarily. Yes, yeah. exactly. Prayer, all those things. And then but then that should also flow into being kind to the ones who are around us, especially to our own brothers and sisters in the Lord, which can maybe be the true test of kindness. I don't, I'm not sure. And, and then go. And it's just this rotation that should constantly be happening in our lives and, and in the midst of other things that can pull us away that seem 
to be what the kingdom is all about, I find that the simplicity of devotion to Christ is found in the order of the mustard seed. Mm-hmm. And I think every house of prayer, every person who says, I'm setting myself before the Lord, or I want to intercede for the city, it has to come from that place. That's where the sustainability is. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah. yeah. Well, can you pray for us? Can you pray for our yes. listeners? Yes. That would be great. Thanks. <laughs> Thank, you thanks so much. It's it's just, um, before you pray, just so appreciate. You know, I've been on the journey with you for yeah. a, a long time. It's yeah. been really, really fun to watch the journey <laughs> of your your soul and excited to see um, how he's taken you to this, really, this lifestyle of devotion and yeah. extravagant devotion, really. You guys in the house of prayer, you know, clock more hours of prayer than most people I've ever met in my <laughs> life, you know, but so exciting that's like, okay, we're going to give ourselves unreservedly and generously to him in prayer. And now it's time to go. Yeah. You know, carrying the presence. So that's just as your friend mm-hmm. and your colleague, somebody who loves you. It's been beautiful watching that whole journey. So pray for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Abba Father, I thank you that you are the great initiator. <laughs> You're the great initiator. And I thank you for every listener who's listening to this podcast, that you have initiated a journey in their life. You are the author and the finisher of their faith. And I pray, Father, that as they are on the journey with you, I pray that in your great love, you would pour out your spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your son, that each listener and each person on this journey with you would be growing in greater love for your son as you reveal him to us, whether it's in the word or if it's in the wildness of the wind or it's in the people that we encounter. And I pray that you would give us eyes to see you in all areas, give us ears to hear you, and give us a heart that will yield to your spirit and your ways. And I pray that... (laughs) That you would fill us with righteousness, peace, and joy in your spirit. Yeah, with your kingdom. And that as we are filled with your kingdom, we would give it away for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast. For more information about the Order, you can find us at orderofthemustardseed.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. May God grant us grace as we follow his invitations to be true and to be kind and to go. Go.